Above the Leadership Podcast. Hey, what up, everybody? Welcome to the Bible Leadership Podcast Midweek Mana Edition. Today, I want to talk to you about four reasons you're not on fire and how to fix it. You know, there's probably a lot of reasons why we might not be any longer living with spiritual vitality or passion, or as we call it, being on fire. But whatever those reasons are, the cure for it is never to sit there and feel bad about it. Man, that just goes nowhere. That is legalism. That's the law, and the law kills, according to 2 Corinthians 3, 6. If just feeling bad about it, if just living under the law were ever going to work, it would have worked long before Jesus came. It would have worked for the Israelites, for the Pharisees, for the Galatians, for everybody in the Bible, but it didn't. That's why Jesus Christ is the end of the law. So instead, God doesn't want us to feel feel bad about it, but he often does want us to change what we're doing about it. So in today's episode, I want to help you draw near to God so you can find him drawing near to you. This won't be a cure-all. But I do think it will be helpful. Here are four reasons you're not on fire and how to fix it. Four reasons you're not on fire and how to fix it. One of Satan's greatest lies is the suggestion that feeling close to God is a passing phase. I don't want to suggest that walking with Jesus is a feeling, but a consistently cold heart toward our Creator is often a sign of relational distance. This propensity toward distance is the reason James says we should draw near to God and he would draw near to us, according to James chapter 4, verse 8. I mean this humbly but urgently and unapologetically. You were made to passionately burn for up-close and personal connection with Jesus Christ. Not to overstate it, but almost everything is easier when you're on fire. This being on fire or experiential closeness with Jesus brings a sense of affection for our Father and Forgiver, a weightiness to conviction as though we've personally wounded our friend, a desire for our beloved as the pulls of this world fade into the background. Being on fire is the overwhelming sense of God's immediacy and activity all around us. So why are people enjoying a passionate, fiery relationship with God? Why does he often seem more like a concept than a person in the room? Here are a few humble suggestions for why you may not be on fire anymore in no particular order. Number one, you don't make pursuing Jesus a priority. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Failure to seek Jesus' face which is not the same thing as his hand, according to Psalms 105.4, will snuff out all fire before it even starts. Jesus said, above all else, before the laundry, before the game, before the cleaning, before the company arrives, before the meal, about now is the point where you should roll down your car window at 65 miles an hour and drop whatever is in your excuse bag out the window. Use any alibi you want, but if you don't seek to spend time alone with Jesus, you will never be on fire. You can still go to heaven, but you won't experience much of it before you get there. Here's number two. You're compromised and pretending you're not. You won't be on fire if you're compromising by sleeping around with people, not taking authority over your mouth, failing to exercise self-discipline, taking advantage of people, mistreating others, hanging out with a bunch of company that grieves the Holy Spirit, etc. Anything else. 2 Corinthians 6.17 says, Therefore, come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing, and I'll receive you. 
See, we can't consistently push God away and expect him to come close, according to James 4.8 again. You can't cover your ears to his conviction and expect him to hear your plea for more of his presence. Why don't you decide to get radical and chase down every Canaanite, which is figurative for area of compromise, inhabiting God's land, which is you. You don't have to be perfect, but you do have to oppose evil. You don't even have to beat evil. You just have to oppose it. Number three, refuse to fast. This one may be a bigger deal than you think. Scripture testifies that seasons of fasting are a part of life for those who would take hold of God, including Jesus, Moses, David, and Daniel, and Jesus confirmed to the disciples that failure to fast would limit their power against evil. You can see the blog post for all the scripture references with regard to those folks. If you can fast, but you're running from it, it's because you're not desperate enough yet to deny your appetites. People who are on fire are willing to temporarily part with legitimate things in life because they believe God is a rewarder of those who seek him, according to Hebrews 11.6. So fast and ask God to give you more fire. Here's number four. You don't ask for fire. Fire comes from God. If you were ever fiery, it's because he was giving you fire. You don't have it now because you don't ask now. What could God do if we combined all four? It's not too late. Have you failed to seek him? There's forgiveness for all sin. And God looks at the heart. He knows when we've made mistakes and are trying to move in his direction. And you can trust him to honor that. A life on fire is your inheritance in Christ. Please don't settle for anything less. Well, thanks so much for joining us, my friends. It means so much to me that you're part of the BLP family. Hey, there's plenty of additional spiritual leadership content at BibleLeadership.com. Our whole gig is to make more and more spiritual development resources. So check that out. Subscribe at the website, BibleLeadership.com, and you'll never miss a thing. If you're currently watching on YouTube or Facebook or somewhere like that, go ahead and leave a thumbs up if it was helpful. Honestly, even if it wasn't helpful, if you leave a thumbs down, it's still serves God in our favor, makes that algorithm help out a little bit more. At least that's how I understand it. I can't begin to express my gratitude for you folks who support the BLP on Patreon. Your generosity is extremely humbling. I'm going to forever be grateful for all that you do. If you're interested in becoming a patron, you can go on over to patreon.com slash Bible leadership. Anything you pledge goes a long way toward helping us create more and more digital resources to help people grow as spiritual leaders in their walk with Jesus. We're believing God for big things, and we could not do this without you. Thank you. Lead strong today.